So we continue our uh, series that connects our lives to the biblical stories. And along with studying scripture, we're also studying Kevin Adams' book, the book that understands you. And so we continue this morning again with the book of Genesis, where two weeks ago, as mentioned, we talked about the perfect and very good creation. Last week, we talked about the tragic fall into sin. And there are other stories that we're not taking time to read on Sunday mornings, but you can read these stories on your own. Um, Cain and Abel, Noah and the Flood, the Tower of Babel. And as you read them again, some tragic and even disturbing, see how God is connecting these stories and his faithfulness and his grace to your life today. Reflect on where you fit into the story, into God's story. So now in Genesis 11 and 12, where we're going to read from this morning, we get introduced to this new character who will become very popular in Scripture and in the world. As Kevin Adams states in his book, we cannot understand our storyline or the world as it is without understanding one man's story. Drive through most cities in the world and you will... Most cities in the world and you will see mosques and synagogues and churches all filled with people who call themselves children of Abram. Perhaps you're going to be talking more about that in your small groups this evening or this week. So who is Abram? And what made him so great? Well, both the Old and the New Testament refer a lot to Abram in his story, but the important thing to remember is that it was nothing that Abram did that made him great. What made him great was the call that God placed on his life. Let's pray together before we read from Genesis 11 and 12. Lord God, you called Abram centuries ago, and you continue to call out to us here today in this place to bless us, to offer grace and love so that others too may be blessed. So Lord, bless the reading from your word from Genesis this morning and may we not only just hear the words and take some good information with us, but may through the power of your Holy Spirit transform our lives. May it change us. May we leave this place this morning changed, prepared to go out into your, again into your kingdom to continue the mission that you call us to. So bless the reading and bless the proclamation. Bless each one here. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis 11, we begin reading at verse 27. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. And while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in the Ur of Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married, and the name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. And Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, And together they set out from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. 
So the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with them. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran, and he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I'll give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and I on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So here we have it in chapter 11. We begin with Abram's story. We're told that the family of Terah lived in the Ur of the Chaldeans, and then they moved to Haran for a while. And Terah and Abram had roots in both of these cities. But in also both of these cities, Ur of the Chaldeans and Haran, they were also known for various forms of idol worship. So Abram was called out of the land of Haran, and he was called out from his family in the area of idol worship. Joshua 24, verses 2 to 3, summarizes it. When Joshua said to the people that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abram and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father, Abram, from the land beyond the Euphrates, and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. Abram and his family lived in a land that was worshipping Nanar, the moon god. So Abram did not know God. He was in a land of idol worship. He himself was in a family who worshipped idols. For 75 years, Abram walked the earth without a relationship with God. Now the cities of Ur and Haran were also prosperous. These cities were located uh, near the Euphrates River. Both cities were within the Fertile Crescent uh, in Mesopotamia. And Abram was likely prosperous as well. We read in Genesis 12, uh, this morning we read the verses 4 and 5. So Abram left Haran, and he took all the possessions they had accumulated and all the people that he had acquired in Haran. So things appeared that they were going quite well for Abram. So really, there was no reason for him to leave. I mean, he was settled in this country. He had family roots. He was prosperous. But this only goes to show that it's not always up to us, is it? God has bigger plans. And he will include whomever he chooses. So God calls Abram from this prosperous territory, from this idol-worshipping area. And God again takes the initiative, and he leads Abram. And again, this is done out of God's grace. It's nothing that Abram did. 
God was calling Abram to remove himself from what was so familiar to him. Abram was to separate himself from this territory and then move to where? Well, to a land that God will show him. Now, we know where he ended up as we continue to read this story. But at the beginning of this story, Abram didn't know where he was headed. God didn't give Abram a specific location. So this is another beginning. In the beginning, God claimed Abram as his own. In the beginning, God spoke to Abram. And he said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. This morning, we've had the opportunity again to welcome the Kanjo family to church. And they left their country of Syria, rested in Turkey for a period of time, and not knowing which direction they would be headed next. And God led them to Canada and to Exeter. Some of you may remember remember immigrating from another country, perhaps with very little money, saying goodbye to family, maybe thinking that you'll never see them again. Not sure exactly what to expect and and what sort of accommodations you're going to be settling into with your family. You left a country that you may have known so well, a country that was part of your heritage. Your history was there. Leaving for a country that maybe you heard a little bit about, bits and pieces. Leaving to an area that perhaps you're only going to settle there because that's where your sponsor was. God has his plans, God has his purposes for his people. And he desires to bless his people. So the word blessing, it's mentioned over and over again in these verses. Verse 2, God says, he will bless Abram. Next it states that Abram will be a blessing. And then in verse 3, the third statement is that all people will be blessed through Abram. God's call on Abram was to bless Abram so that he would be a blessing to others. Again, listen to the words from Genesis 12. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. By God's grace, God calls Abram, and he will show Abram where to go, to the land that God has in mind. God will show Abram who the true God really is. Now don't forget, Abram is under the curse of sin, as we all are. The world is broken, the world is in chaos. Last week we said that our natural tendency is to run from God. Now, Abram did not even know God for the first 75 years of his life, but God makes himself known to Abram. And Abram has a choice. And he can choose to run from God and disobey God and ignore God. Or he can choose to trust and obey. And God communicates to Abram. And Abram turns away from worshiping a dead idol to worshiping the living God, the creator God. He chooses to trust. He chooses to trust in the God of all creation. So in this passage, we are given a story of obedience. 
where Abram chooses to listen to God. Abram had faith. And we're reminded of Abram's faith again in the New Testament passages. You can read them Romans 4 and Hebrews 11. But we're not going to be dwelling on his times of great faith. Because what is shining through even greater in this story is the emphasis of God's faithfulness and God's promises. God's faithfulness that leads Abram to respond. And as we read more into Scripture, this story leads into further stories continued on through God's faithfulness that leads the Israelites to respond to God. And then we continue to read on. It's God's faithfulness that requires us to respond to God. You see, God calls out to Abraham. God calls out to Israel. God calls out to his New Testament church, his people today. And God is faithful in that God provides Abram with promises. Promise of a land, a great nation, a promise of a great name. Abram is given the promise of becoming the father of many people, a great nation. Abram, who had no kids yet at this point, Sarai was barren. She, she couldn't conceive. And Genesis 15 verse 5 states that Abram will have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. And that's a lot of people. That is a lot of blessings. But God gives Abram and his family the mission. He gives them the mission to be a blessing to all the families in the earth. And again, as we go further into the story of Scripture... God calls Abraham to be a father of a particular nation, Israel. God calls the people of Israel to the line, to be the line rather that the Messiah comes from. Deuteronomy 7, verses 7 and 8. Moses is telling the people of Israel, The Lord didn't set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people's. For you, the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors. God called Abram out of grace. God called Israel out of grace. God calls you out of grace. So God, again, is the main character in all the stories. How God initiates. And his people have the opportunity to respond. We have the opportunity to respond despite what circumstances we may find ourselves in. Abram, former idol worshiper, is now following God's leading. And we too are called by God to follow his leading. And that is where our story connects to this story. Because God calls random people. And God is calling you from what you were to bless you. So this passage is talking about us because we will be blessed through Abram. Genesis 1 verse 3, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is promising a blessing to more than just to an individual. He's promising a blessing to his people, to each of us. And God is offering us his promises and his blessings. The promises of Abram pointed forward to the promise of a seed. The seed being Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And we are included in that promise. The promise that is mentioned over and over again in the prophets. The promise that we read about in the beginning of the New Testament. 
the birth and the life, the death, the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. Abram was blessed, and through his obedience, we are blessed because Jesus Christ came from his line. And you can play that Jewish bingo thing by looking at Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, the genealogical line of Jesus. God initiates his grace. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, from the line of Abram to bless us, to forgive us, to die for us, to save us, to conquer death for us through his resurrection. The God of Abram, God who is faithful to his promises, God who is sovereign, God who is supreme, God who is majestic, who chooses people out of his sovereign grace, and God who continues to call people despite their faults, despite their failings, we are blessed by God through his son, Jesus Christ. Accept the calling. Accept the blessing. Accept the promises of Jesus in your life. As the story of Abram continues into the New Testament, as we talked about, God calls not just Israel, but he calls the Jews and the Gentiles, and he calls his church. He calls his church to be his chosen people, to be blessed and to bless. And God's people are blessed to be a blessing to others. So our blessing from God actually becomes our mission in this world. To bless others. Daryl Guder, American theologian, not the same as the Daryl Guder Canadian realtor, (laughs) but Daryl Guder, American theologian, states, God's calling is not solely for the benefit of the called. It's not just for us. God's calling of a particular people is for God's saving purposes for the world, for Jerusalem, for Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. For God so loved the world, God was in Christ reconciling the world. And for the sake of the world, which was created and fallen, God's calling creates, forms, equips, commissions, and sends the church to carry out the witness for which it exists. We exist to carry out God's mission into his world. The story of Abraham is about being blessed by God to be a blessing to others. The story of Israel is about being blessed by God to be a blessing to others. The story of the church today, and each of us as part of that body, is to be blessed by God to be a blessing to others. And we respond to God's blessings and to his grace Everything we do points others to God. John 15, 16. You didn't choose me, but I choose you. I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Our mission, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed by God. To love God. To love his people. To make disciples. And there are times that we're going to fail. And yet we continue to look to the cross. As we said next week, we celebrate Lord's Supper. 
We look to the cross. We look to the cup. We look to the bread. We have these visuals before us, promising us again of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, through his death, through his resurrection. Now, as we go through this passage, as we've gone through this passage, it doesn't state at all that Abraham had any doubts in his mind. But you can imagine that there had to be some doubts. I mean, obeying God in faith probably created anxieties, doubts, and fears. We know that there were times that Abraham doubted. He, he bore a son, Ishmael, with Hagar in Genesis 16. He took matters into his own hands. He lied to the Pharaoh of Egypt in Genesis 12. Abraham was a man of faith. But he and his family had their faults as well. But through God's faithfulness, his promises, his blessings, Abraham's faults and sins were forgiven through the promise of Jesus. God didn't choose Abraham for Abraham's goodness or his faith. God chose Abraham out of grace. And it was God's grace that gave Abraham the faith. It was God's grace that made him righteous before God. So just like he chose Abraham, just like he chose Israel, just like he chose us, it's not because of our goodness or our faith, not at all. It's all on account of God's grace. God who is gracious. God who provides us with his gracious promises and blessings. And he continues to call us. He calls us back over and over again to follow him. This week was a hard week for many in the community. With the death and the funeral of uh, London Christian school student Jordan Heemstra. Jordan's dad, Chris, shared at the funeral service on Tuesday. And he shared the eulogy online as well, so it is public. He shared the story about how he got the distress text from his son, Jordan, in the middle of the night. And Chris went out to the dark warehouse, calling out his son's name, Jordan. Knowing full well that his son was somewhere out there and could hear him. And yet Jordan chose to ignore his father calling his name. Chris then went on to say how that is sometimes our story with our Father in heaven. God calling out our names. God calling out to us. And those times that we are choosing to ignore God. And God continuing to call out our names and to offer his unconditional love and grace despite our rebellion and despite the sins that we did and the sins that we will do. Because God is faithful and he continues to shower us with his blessings. So our God is calling out your name today. And perhaps it is to leave a life of following the ways of the world. Perhaps he's calling out your name to grow deeper into a relationship with him. But he's calling you. And he's calling out our church. He is calling us to be blessed by his grace and his promises through Jesus. Be blessed. And then be a blessing to others. So may today you again realize how much you've been blessed by God through his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And may you live your life as if Jesus were living your life today. God is reaching out to you. And you are called to respond to him. God has blessed you through his son, Jesus Christ. So who today and this week are you going to pass God's rich blessings to? Amen. Let's pray. God, our creator, our heavenly father, our God who calls us by name. We give you thanks for your continued blessings in our lives, for the creation around us, for your word, for your church, for families, for life, and for Jesus. We thank you for your many blessings, and we especially praise you for the blessing of your grace, mercy, and forgiveness to your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may your Spirit work in us to not take for granted all your blessings, and may your Spirit work in us to accept your mission of sharing those blessings with others. So this week, especially as we approach the table of the Lord's Supper, may we reflect on what you've done for us and how we can respond to your grace in our families and in our communities. Open doors of opportunity for us and may we be obedient to your prodding. And may through these opportunities, others come to know you and our faith increase and your name be glorified. Hear our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.